Come on, church, let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Isn't that good stuff? Man, it's so good to see our kids loving on Jesus. That's what it's about. That's what we want to see. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've done a bit of study on our area. You can grab your seat for a minute. Uh, you know the number one age group in the Spruce Grove area? Anybody want to guess? 30 to 40. You want to know the number two age group? Three to five. <laughs> we are growing with so many kids in this body, right? We're seeing it happen day by day. It's like there's another kid, there's another kid. That is such a blessing, isn't it? Man, I'm telling you, when I see this, I'm so happy and I'm so excited because we want this community to be a community that worships Jesus. And we need to teach our kids to worship Jesus. Amen? What a great place to do that. So we're so thankful everybody's here this morning. If you're visiting, if this is your first time, we're so excited you're with us. Our prayer is this, is that God would touch you where you're at today. That if you've come in with needs, that today as you leave, that God would have touched those needs. Our prayer is that God would draw you closer to him, that he would meet you where you're at today. Our desire is today that you would encounter him in a way that you've never encountered him before. Amen? Now, let me share something real quick because I just love, how many were here last week? We had a lot of powerful testimonies last week, you know, and I just want to share one thing because our brother Norm over here shared a testimony last week. And I mean, Norm phoned me already this week because one of the things he, he talked about is his his struggle to get a job. I want you to know that after the Sunday service, he connected with somebody. Maybe you're here right now, right? I hope I get to meet you after the service. But let me tell you something. This man got a job Sunday right after the service. The power of God, man. I love it, I love it, I love it. You are the greatest thing I've ever known, that one. Let's put that one up. Yeah. You know, as I sing that, that is my reality. When I found him, he became the greatest treasure I ever found. But as I was singing that song, I feel for some of us in this room, we're trying to figure out who he is. And maybe we haven't fully discovered who he is. I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you just to try to do some things maybe you've never done before. I'm going to ask you just to begin to call on his name. I'm going to ask you to begin to pray. And I believe that God wants to make himself known to everyone in this room today. So I feel right now there are some in this room. This hasn't happened for you quite yet, but I believe it can. So Father, right now I'm praying for each person in this room, Lord, that you would begin to touch their hearts. For the ones sitting in here today, God, that maybe they're still on that journey and they're trying to find out who you are. Father, I pray in this moment in time that each person in this house today would begin to experience you in a way they've never experienced you before. God, our desire is that each one would come to know you. And for those that have said, I've tried and I haven't heard them, Father, let today be the day. Let today be the day for those that are crying out for those that are calling out, 
Our prayer is that today you would hear the voice of God. You have something? I felt like the Lord said there, as we're crying out for abundance, I heard him say there is an abundance of hearing and an abundance of seeing today. For those that feel lack in those areas where we sing about how people see God and they hear God, I just felt like there was this possibility in the room, an, an abundance of grace to be able to hear and see and that it's not based on how long you've known the Lord that you earn more of his ear or you hear him more clearly, but he actually wants to open up deaf ears and blind eyes today that you would hear him and see him. So we just speak over this body, ears that hear the voice of the Lord and eyes that will see him. Ears that hear the Lord and eyes that will see him. So even now as we fix our eyes on the horizon and maybe all you have seen is black and maybe all you've heard is muffled noises I pray for clarity to come right now to your eyes and to your ears and you can see and you can know the Lord we renounce the vows we've made that we are not seers or hearers but we open ourselves up to you today. Let's just give him a shout to break off anything that's holding us. So the posture I'm going to ask you to take is to relentlessly chase after him to relentlessly call on his name, to relentlessly pray. And then I'm gonna ask you to do something else. I'm gonna ask you to sit in silence sometimes and just listen for the voice of God because I truly believe that God wants to speak to every single one of you in this room. And I'm believing this week he's going to do that for you. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Well, we've got uh, some folks speaking today. I'm excited. Uh, Gav and Mel are going to be sharing here shortly. Uh, yeah, go ahead and give them a hand. It's so good to have them all. Uh, we're excited to hear what the Lord's doing in their life. They've been in Israel for three months. Man, that's amazing. When most people were leaving Israel, Gavin and Mel decided, let's fly to Israel. And so I'm excited to hear what the Lord has done in your guys' lives, and we get to hear some stories, I'm sure, and all that other stuff, but it's going to be a blessing. But just before they come, I'm going to ask my brother Praise to come on up. Let's just give Praise a hand as he comes up. I love this man. If you have not met Praise, you need to meet this man. I mean, this man, he's a little under the weather today, but you know what? God is going to minister, and he's going to speak through him. I've gone for a couple uh, meals with praise, and we've begun to just build a relationship, and he's shared his heart with me, and let me tell you, the deepness inside this man, the things that God is doing through this man absolutely excite me, right? I'm so excited to see other family members who have come as well. Uh, you are so welcome at our church. And we are so blessed that you are here with us. But I'm telling you, man, you need to, like in five or ten minutes, he can only say so much. Go for lunch with this man. So much. 
so much stuff could be shared that will challenge your faith, that will encourage your faith. And so praise, just as a brother, I just welcome you, and, and we welcome you to speak into our body, and we're so excited just to hear your testimony. So bless you. Praise the Lord. My name is Praise. I'm from India. I'm raised up in a Christian family. My parents are pastors. My dad came to know the Lord Jesus Christ when he was 17 years old. Then he had a zeal to be a missionary in a, play, in a dry place where there is no freedom for Christians. That was his decision and he just went to a state, Karnataka state, which is very dry. No people. He started a faith ministry in Karnataka state in India and uh, with no any support. It was a f- totally a faith ministry. And I'm the oldest of six. We are six. We are, I got f- younger five siblings. I've seen my parents always getting early morning, four o'clock, three o'clock, praying. Their prayer life is actually a great blessing to our life, to my life. So I've seen a lot of miracles. I'm going to talk to you about four great miracles that have happened in my, in, my fa- in my house. But I'm going to keep my time within 10 minutes. If I, if I take ex- exceed my time, then I will stop it there and probably continue next time. It was in 1982, uh, my mom was pregnant with my third sister. My mom was, is all, I've never seen my mom always, she was always sick, she was asthmatic, and she was always struggling to take a breath. Every time when I come from my school, I see my mom struggling. When, when my mom was pregnant with my fifth, third sister, it was 1982, she was being admitted to the hospital. After three days, the doctor said that there's no hope you can take her. My dad was at the bed. We f- my four, we four siblings were near the bedside. My dad was holding my mom's hand. My mom lost her conscience. Immediately, God, she saw in vision a car coming with two angels and tell her, daughter, your time has come, come along. My dad was, my mom was like, okay, leave me. My dad was holding her hand very tightly and telling, no, I will never leave her. I cannot be doing the ministry in Karnataka state without, without, without she, with these small kids. At that time, the car went. After a few minutes, the car again came with the two angels, hold her hand. Come, daughter, your time has come. Get into the car. My dad was said, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to leave her unless I, I, cannot do, I cannot be doing the ministry in Karnataka state without her. Immediately, the car, the angels told her, I'm going to extend your life. And immediately, the car left. That was a day. Since that day onwards, my mom didn't have any asthma. It was a hundred percent healing. Because this type of miracles happens just because God's name has to be glorified. And that was one thing. And in 19, I'm going to tell about a testimony of my dad, how he was been healed in 2006, uh, 2017, when my parents went to Sydney, Australia for a visit. Uh, my dad started losing his weight. My brother-in-law is a doctor. He didn't even understand what is happening in my dad's health condition. 
one of his colleagues, when they came to his house, saw my dad, uh, he was very weak, he's, he's losing his appetite. And immediately, he said, you should take your dad to the hospital. The next, very next day, he was taken to the hospital, and uh, they did all the emergency checkups. They found that he's on last terminal cancer, stage four. Midnight, my brother-in-law called me and told me, my, your dad is in a very severe condition. I don't think chemo can help him. He's need to go, he have to go with nine, do, nine doses of chemos. I don't think that might help him because he doesn't have his capacity, his age, and his, his, he cannot do that. But a week before that, when I, was in, when I was in Edmonton, I saw a dream that was, I was in the dream, I was seeing a hurricane. I was striking my house. I was holding the wall and I was gazing through the window. I, I was seeing all the houses being blown out. The roof has been blown out. My house is shaking like this. I got up from the night. I started praying, Lord, something is going to happen in my house. I told my siblings, we have to pray because something is going to happen in our family, which we can't bear it. But just within a few days, I came to know that my dad is on the stage. I told him, I believe that God is going to heal my dad because he has shown me this. My brother is a doctor. He doesn't believe in all these things so much. I said, don't start your treatment, but God is going to heal. Anyhow, I, uh, my siblings, myself, I, we went to Sydney, Australia. Then we started, uh, started his treatment. I was with my dad, and uh, on the first chemo, they did his first chemo, and on the second, the second chemo, that night, my dad saw a vision at the night. He said, uh, angels came at the night and asked my dad, what do you want? My dad said, Raboni, I need light. That's what he said. Immediately the angel came with, with, an, with a sparkling knife and he started taking all the, he was started cleaning his intestine, stomach, everything. He was, starting, he was cleaning it. He was taking the fermented dough, something like taking out from his, it was a surgery, what God was doing that night. Early morning when I came to my, that was the day my dad has to go with his second chemo. Son, come here. I want to tell you one thing. You, do, you, you might not believe it, but last night God has healed me. I don't need a chemo. I said, Dad, do your chemo, but uh, uh, you, you can still continue with the chemo. I said, if you guys want to do a chemo, I'm okay, but I know that God has healed me. I've seen the vision. Anyhow, we, we took him for doing the second chemo. My dad told, my, told the doctor, doctor, it is Dr. Douglas, Doctor, God has healed me. I don't need a chemo, he said. Doctor was laughed. Okay, that's fine. You, you get to get this chemo done. Probably after this chemo, we can go with the PET scan and go from there. Anyhow, they did the second chemo, then they suggested for a PET scan. Do the PET scan, doctor said, this is a miracle. We don't see any trace of cancer in him. God has done greater miracles in our life. Because yeah. we have seen that in my own life. And it has increased my faith. Yeah. And the time is short. I got two other things. Maybe probably next time I'll tell. I came here in Canada in 2012. It was a big transition for me coming all the way at the age of 40. Starting all over here in Canada. But 
I know because I, work, I was working for in a construction company as a project manager for a few years. Then I thought I should start my own business. And uh, in 2017, I started an organization called Bridge to Care. I started that in 2017, but it was a, I got employees working for my company, no business. Probably in six, seven months, we have to incur great loss. And then I started praying to my Lord, Lord, what is this? I can't bear this loss anymore. I have to probably have to leave this country because I can't even stay in this country with these liabilities. That night, early morning, I got up from my bed. I started praying. There's a couch. I went to my, from the bedroom. I went to my main living room. I started praying like Jacob. Lord, you have to hear my prayer. I cannot give, I, can go, I can't even go an inch further without you helping me, without you guiding me. I started praying to my Lord. I was crying for hours together. Lord, you can even do anything like Jack, like how you did for Jacob. I'm ready to take any pain, but you have to help me get through this. I started praying. Just within two days, I got a call from White Court. The caseworker from White Court said, praise, we got a client. Nobody is taking this child. He's in the hotel with the staff. If you, even if you don't have a workers, we can send you the workers. Can you please take this child? That was my first contract. That was a big contract. We got it. From then on, we started getting more and more business. Yes. But one thing I learned through this pain process is God made me, the, I, I have an increased faith in my Lord. I know that God loves me so much. I have, I'm so much dependent on my God. Every time I go a little away from the Lord, he touches me. I know that God's hand is very heavy upon me, but he loves me so much. And he has a divine plan and purpose behind the blessings that he had given me. And I'm, these days I'm praying more and more, Lord, what do you want me to be? How can this organization be a blessing to the people? How can my service, the service what you have given to me, can be a blessing to many people? We're serving many families. We've got a lot of employees working for my company. We have established, we are operating throughout Alberta. But God is so good. He has done a lot of miracles. The same in the case of my brother too, but I will probably tell next time. My brother is a missionary in, in Florida. He works among the homeless people. There's a lot of big stories about him too. My, my brother actually went to Florida in 2004, got married to a girl from United States. He started, he was doing business, but God had a calling that he should be into the ministry. He got met with an accident that when, he, when she was pregnant, when his wife was pregnant, wife was pregnant with his second child, they got met with a huge, great accident. And my brother was in coma. My, his, my sister-in-law have to give birth premature child. And um, probably after four days, four or five days, he was in coma that God healed him. Then he had a stronger calling that God is going to call him because he always had that conviction inside him that this is not my calling. I have to get involved with the ministry. But he again started to work. He started working with the homeless people, among the addicts. He's got a lot of people staying in his house. He's got a house with 25, 26 people staying, all the homeless people staying in his house. And he has a lot of people have changed their life and they are more, more effectively working, and they are all a part of his ministry. He's got a food pantry, and God is using him greatly. And his work is all among the homeless and the addicts. addicts. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
I mean, he gave us the, the fast version of all these. And this is where you, you need to sit down with this man. You know, one thing I've been talking a lot about is, again, is we need to have dominion over our communities and the places that we function in. And he is a living example of that. You know, he did a work party here at the church and invited over, I think, over 70 of your employees came for a meal here. Uh, I think you have over 100 employees. But this man, let me tell you, he is living out the gospel where he works and he goes beyond that. This is the same man who is a businessman, but he's on White Ave on a regular basis, sharing the gospel with people all the time because he just wants to see these souls get saved. And so I am just so thankful for him. And I, I believe again, when we talk about the seven mountains, that one of those mountains is the business mountain. And we need to influence it with everything in us. This man is a great example. And so if you don't know how to influence in your realm, go for lunch with him because we need to influence that realm, amen? So I just want you to extend your hands. I just want to pray for him. We want to pray for continued favor, but we want to pray for healing too, as you can tell, because he's just been fighting a pretty nasty cold. But Father God, right now, we give glory to your name for the testimonies that were just shared. Father, we're so thankful for the healing that we heard, for what we hear through business, God, where you opened doors. And I believe that, that that word was a specific encouragement to some people in this body, that as you seek God, God will open those doors. And so, Father, we pray for continued faith. We pray that more doors would open and that this man would have favor in this arena, Father God, and that you would use him to bring the glory of God to millions of people in this nation, God. So, Lord, we thank you for him. We thank you for his faithfulness. And God, now he has declared about healing. We pray for a healing to come over his body. We pray that you would touch him, that you would remove this illness in Jesus' name, and that you would bring health his way. Amen. Can we say amen? amen. Thank you so much, brother. Well, let's get Gavin and Mel up here. Gavin and Mel work with CMJ Ministries. Again, they've been in Israel for the past three months. They are family, Amen. right? Amen. And so we're so excited just to hear what God is doing through you guys and what's going on in Israel. And as a church, I know we prayed a ton load, right? And so this is great because we just want to hear what happened and, and how God moved in the nation of Israel. So bless you guys as you share. Wow, I was just thinking of um, the song that we were singing about what God is so deep and there's something across the distance and I was thinking across the sea to Israel, God is doing so much, you know, and the vision is coming clearer, you know, and this is happening in Israel too. And so we just want to say for those who don't know, like, we're, we're a part of CMJ Canada, that's Church's Ministry Among Jewish People, but it's all about the return of Jesus. This is not, I mean, Israel is a big plan. This is about understanding God's plan and his way and what he is doing and how we as the church are supposed to be involved with what he's doing and being aware of what he's doing because this is, this is about the return of Yeshua to the earth. So um, 
so just starting at the beginning here, so in October, we were actually supposed to go with a tour group, and of course that got cancelled because of the terrorist attack of October 7th. So we were here for a month praying, Lord, what are we to do? And then he said, go. So when all the volunteers were coming home because of the war, we, we said, well, we better go and replace those volunteers. So we were actually volunteering at a guest house, and we were doing... Um, kitchen work, we were in the kitchen, and we were doing hospitality, cleaning rooms at the guest house, because CMJ Israel was receiving evacuees from the war zone. So from around Gaza, um, there was, how many were displaced? 200,000. 200,000 people were displaced. Jewish peoples, Israelis. So anyway, so that's who we were serving. And so that was, that was just awesome. But we're trying to see, okay, all of what God did... He did so much, and we thank you so much for your prayers. Because, so we're asking the Lord, how do we share what you did? So there is, so he showed me three, like, overarching things. So at, at now, like, we can all see that God is doing a sifting, right? He's sifting the nations. He's sifting the church. He's sifting our hearts, right? So these are three levels. So we're going to explain this to you in three ways. Governmental, the church, and individual. Okay, so the first one, oh my goodness, what he did. (laughs) So governmental, we're going to start with that. And this is how we left Canada. So we were in Ontario for a conference. The very last day before we got on the plane, God amazingly invited us to go and visit the Israeli ambassador in Ottawa. Like that's supernatural. (laughs) You know, just the way that it happened is just like, wow, God, you're opening doors. You know, and so, well, we get into that part. So the, the Israeli ambassador's name is Ido Moed. So for those of you who know what Moed means, it's appointed time. And so in Hebrew. <laughs> and so, you know, it was for him, this is an appointed time for him to be in Canada. He only just arrived in Canada in August. And then this all happened. So he was appointed for this time, and we've heard his name since then, since coming home. So God has him, like, moving in Canada right now. But we got to visit him. And so the first thing I did, I said, well, I want to welcome you as an Indigenous person to our nation. And then I apologized for our nation. Because at that time, what was going on was this, even Canada jumped on the bandwagon and said uh, it was Israel who bombed this hospital and blah, 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 before the actual facts came out. So I just apologized on behalf of our nation and welcomed him in. And then I gave him uh, a protocol gift, a keychain that was beaded by one of our indigenous uh, sisters. And just to say, because this is the year of the door, and the, and the decade of the voice. And so I declared that to him and said, may this be a sign, like a prophetic sign to you, that the doors in Canada would be open to you to be able to share what is going on in Israel. And so, I mean, it was just an amazing reception, you know, from him. And so it was like a send-off 
to Israel from our nation from a governmental level. So that was, that was just amazing. And then, so just to wrap it up on that end, then on the very other end before we came back, again, governmental. So what happened here was, now, okay, I think I'll just jump right into, we had a send-off from Israel to come back to Canada to share about what is going on there and, you know, what the whole war is all about. Because actually what happened was the IEJ, so the Internet, or sorry, the Indigenous Embassy Jerusalem opened up while we were there. So this has been something that's been 25 years in the waiting. We know Grand Chief Linda Prince of Canada actually approached the Knesset 25 years ago asking if we could establish an Indigenous embassy to show solidarity with Israel. So this has been something that has been just waiting. Now the key about this is this time, the uh, Deputy Mayor, Fleur Hassan Nahum, uh, Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, actually invited us to establish an embassy. See, before it was, can we? And now it's like, will you come? and establish an embassy. So like this is total protocol, you know, that they would invite us. And so this is, you know, this all kind of came out after October 7th and we ended up meeting Deputy Mayor Fleur Hassan and I said, so will this open up while we're here? Because we're leaving in February. <laughs> Can this open in January? And she said, I've already got the room. You know, we're ready to go. And, uh, and, and then, but it was only about two weeks before we left did we actually find out it was happening. So we went, the inauguration was on, um, Fe or Jan no, February 1st, and we left on the 5th. So at the very last moment. And so anyways, all the, this delegation, people from all parts of the nation, uh, the Maori people were there, South African um, indigenous people were there, people from Tonga, people from uh, Hawaii, from Tahiti, uh, people from uh, the United States, and then I was the only one there from Canada. Praise the Lord. <laughs> But, but because, of, um, because of the ministry that we do, God had already planned it like a year ago that we would have this amazing protocol gift to give at, for this embassy for the grand opening. So what it was is, it's this beautiful canoe hand-carved by a believer in, from the Musqueam First Nation in uh, Vancouver area. And the Lord had said to get stones from every part of Canada and to have them picked by indigenous people. So this canoe is filled with all these stones from every province, every territory, who stand with Israel, who are showing their solidarity with Israel. So this is filled with those stones and that will be sitting in this indigenous embassy in Jerusalem. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to paint a picture, too, because sometimes this, this can be very formal, this kind of embassy, uh, you know, inauguration. And yet, uh, here was this whole delegation from around the world, indigenous, I'm talking now, these ones Melody mentioned, South Africa, Tonga, um, the Maori. And in the ceremony, 
uh, they brought a band on just to, you know what, to celebrate the night. And and if you know Jewish kind of uh, um, way they do things, it's very formal. It's especially when it's to do with dignitaries and uh, and uh, mayors and, 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 and such, right? And so what started to happen was, sure enough, this band comes out and you could feel the spirit of the Lord. And I'm looking, I'm an observer in this because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm preferring the, the First Nations uh, uh, of all the nations. And I'm, I'm, I'm observing and I, you could tell, okay, something's going to break loose in here. And sure enough, uh, uh, out of this stiff kind of formal thing, literally like our church, that's what happened. Uh, the, 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 the feet started moving, the drums started pounding and the yippee and everything started happening and 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 we're talking like just picture there's there's rabbis in there there's dignitaries uh, uh, representing countries uh, you know and representing queens all sorts of things it's a red carpet deal black tie affair and and this breaks open and so that's that's the heart of these indigenous ones this de delegation and they were believers and each one got up and spoke on the mic and they were bold and and keep in mind this is jerusalem the the epicenter of where light and dark converge where heaven and and earth are literally contested in this manner and and there it is it's happening and so you just saw this rise and then the mc gets up and he's a, a jewish guy and he goes this is the most unofficial official meeting i've ever been at <laughs> And I thought, of, I thought of our church, literally. I thought of this. You know, when, when, so, when someone comes in and they've, they've grown up in a, in a manner of, uh, you know, sort of liturgical, and then they see this, and it's like because of spirit. And so, and so that was the entity that we saw that night, and it just went on and on and on. And you could see the connections with rabbis and, and Christians and, and secular and all sorts of, like, ping pong of the Holy Spirit was just flying around that room. And so it was a party. It went into a party in that manner. And so, and so that, was, that was the beginning. That was the inauguration of uh, something great that is coming because it was an invitation. And that is key. That is key. For once, there is an opening in Israel right now. And uh, I, I might as well speak to it right now. Yeah, I think what's coming down is that pride of of the Jewish people, if I can say this correctly, is they finally are, are, are knowing that they need friends. They need friends. And so here we are as Christians, here we are as Yeshua believers, and going, we'll be your friend. We'll be your friend. We'll stand with you. We'll stand with you in these political matters. We'll stand with you in these economic matters. We'll stand with you and we'll weep with you and we'll, we'll be with you. And that was the key. It wasn't hard, it was not hard at all to, to uh, be a witness because it's wartime. Jerusalem's empty, no tourism, nothing like that's going on. And, 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 and so many people, 500,000 Israelis are at war. They called up 350,000 reservists. So imagine this, this place here would be deplete, depleted by 30, 40% because you're all gone to war. And uh, so, so that, that is, and so, so they, they would go, what are you doing here? And we're like, we came to serve, we came to volunteer, we came to help. And that was the greatest witness. And you, sometimes you didn't even have to say that. It was just obvious. And so that was the softening of our, our Jewish brothers and sisters of going, okay, 
maybe these guys are real. Maybe this is, maybe they really do believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And so that, that's evidence in itself. And uh, so, wow. yeah, just wanted to give that, yeah. Amen. Okay, so the next level that was happening is, was in the ministry. So as some of you know, uh, we have a ministry house in Jerusalem. Okay, just a second, just a second. One, one last thing. So she didn't tie in the last governmental thing that happened. So on February 1st, that, that indigenous uh, embassy. Well, I was going to say that. Okay, okay. Sorry, we're going somewhere else. Okay, sorry, babe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. You, you went, he went off on a tangent, and he was supposed to be talking about the final day and how uh, we were sent back to Canada with the delegation. So... You want me to talk about it? Sure, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, so this was amazing. So we were there for three months, and the whole time we're like, Lord, you know, we would like to go to the area, to the Gaza border, and to see and to be a witness. And so uh, these opportunities came up. It never happened for one reason or another, and, but I, we just left it with the Lord. God, if you want us to go, you'll bring us there. Well, wouldn't you know, the very last day, <laughs> the very last day, because then that night we got on the plane, um, he, the, the whole delegation, the indigenous delegation, we were invited by the foreign affairs ministry to go and visit. So we had this special um, bus that took us there and we went to the kibbutzim. So to two of the kibbutzim that were affected and they told us their story. And, I, and we went into control rooms, you know, and they were just sharing their heart. I mean... I couldn't imagine what it felt like because they weren't prepared for that, you know? And so just to really be a witness because even today there are people already saying that it didn't happen. There's people already saying that these atrocities are untrue and there is so much evidence saying it, it happened, you know, and the world is already forgetting, you know? And there's still hostages. There's still over 130 hostages in Gaza. You know, and the people in Israel, they haven't forgotten. I mean, everybody is wearing this necklace that says, bring them home. You know, like this is affecting the people. And yeah, so anyways, so they sent us home with a commission saying, go home, like from the government, go home and share what you have seen and what you have heard, you know, and to stand with us. So again, so that was the, the finishing of this governmental you know, arch. So, like, that was so amazing. But, you know, like what Gavin was saying, something opened in the spirit uh, governmentally, like with this Indigenous Embassy Jerusalem, because this is affecting now the ministry of CMJ Canada. So, because that's, that's the next level I want to talk about. So, most of you know, we have this ministry house. It's called Ganata House. It's in Jerusalem. It's been there for two years. But we knew going to Israel that God was transitioning us. But we had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> we knew that it was closing down there. But what was going to happen after that? Not a clue. So, we just walked in faith, Lord. I know that you're going to show us because I know this is your plan, this is his vision. And what he said was, this ministry house has to involve the indigenous people of Canada. 
This was the, the major focus. He gave it to me in a dream when I first became national director when I was appointed. So it changed the vision from what it was before. But it wasn't fully being fulfilled where it was at. So God, what are you going to do here? So wouldn't you know, we're there for a whole month serving, and then all of a sudden, God opens this door. And do you know where this new ministry house is going to be? Right inside the Jaffa Gate, the Western Gate, we are now going to be a public venue of blessing to the Jewish people, whereas before we were a hidden thing. We didn't want to be seen. Now, it's just like God was right now. You know how Israel's always been in the news, but now they're in the limelight. And similar to Kanata House, now he's putting us right there in the epicenter of where things are. You know, that, this is like a major thoroughfare for the Jewish people. When they go to the Western Wall to pray, they're going to be walking right by Kanata House, many of them. So... And only God can do that. Like we had, I didn't even know this place existed. <laughs> but this is again, you know, you wonder, Lord, why are we, you know, connected here and there? Well, he has a reason. We just might not see it right away. So, so this place is going to be a place really, number one, where we can steward the presence of the Lord right there. In, in the Jaffa Gate, in the Western Gate. We want it to be a place of worship and prayer when it's not in business, but it's still going to be. We're still going to be worshiping when people come in, but it's going to be a place to honor the Jewish people and to share our story and to show our solidarity as Indigenous people. You know, from Canada, I mean, this is for all of Canada, but God said there's an arrow there's an arrow for this, and the indigenous people have to be that arrow for this ministry. So, I mean, that's totally amazing because it really does show um, the, the fulfillment of the prophetic word because God says from the ends of the earth, they will come back to Jerusalem. And, and this is an evidence of that, a manifestation of that, and a witness to his people that his word is true and where he is in his timeline. So, you know, we just leave it all up to the Lord. So we're just so excited. And then we're, it's also going to be a place of blessing practically, you know, with the Mercy Fund, which many people have given to the Mercy Fund through CMJ Canada that has blessed um, the community, like even the Arab and, and the Jewish community, the Israeli community, through, through many different ways throughout this war. So we're connected with them. They're going to be utilizing this space as well. So it's, it's like a multifaceted house of blessing. So that's amazing. So, and then Gavin and I will be going back and forth more now. Um, Okay, well, I'll kink it back. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to introduce now the third way that the Lord um, was really showing us. Um, so individual, so the body of Christ. So while we were there, after the two months of serving, we had the last month to actually really get to know the body of Messiah in Israel. Like just amazing connections. Because again, this is all about the one new man. Ephesians 2.15, the Jew and the Gentile together in Messiah. I mean, the greatest unity that commands a blessing. 
you know and so this is this is all about unity and and we know that when we go and we're making these connections in Israel with the body of Messiah that involves all of you this is all of us like we're an extension of this body and so it was so powerful and so what we started to do then was uh, get in a vehicle and we, we, we went to the Galilee, went up north into Haifa and stuff like that, right up by Hezbollah where that's happening because there's also a threat from the north. Basically, the whole nation of Israel has enemies on every side, just so you get that. And I just wanted to note too, we we pray for the Palestinian people too, so that it's not just this politi political vein of like, it's all about Israel and nothing about them. It's like there, when there's a demonic stronghold such as Hamas, it, is, it involves both people. And so there's a trap, they're trapped in some sense, and they're, and they're outward enemies of the Jewish people. And a lot of this war is happening just for the fact that they're Jewish people, nothing else. They're like, honestly, nothing else. Uh, they, they, they disguise it as, as about land and about colonization and about apartheid, but the plain matter of the fact is throughout history, it has been the hatred of the Jewish people, and that's just, that's just that. And so as we traveled, we went and met pastors and met leaders and met uh, congregations, and so they're just dotted around Israel in, in uh, incognito sometimes because there are anti-missionaries, just I'm painting this picture just so you know, even as Ganada House is right there in Jerusalem, there is a real presence of anti-missionaries. Those are the Jewish people who do not want uh, us even saying about Yeshua as the Messiah. And so they, they will come against you in social media, in, 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 your, in your visas, in everything, okay? And so as we met this, this body of Christ, there were worshipers, intercessors, uh, uh, preachers, and everything. So just a, 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 a combination of resources that we will not be alone. And so that was the most important part. And, and I, again, I thought of this body, like we went to some of these worships and it was just like, it was, it was this, it was what we do. It was who we are. And, and, uh, and so it wasn't foreign to us and I was thankful. And intercession, it wasn't foreign to us because an apostolic and, and evangelism, none of this was foreign because we've actually been growing up in this. And, and so uh, we, we just see a great resource and, and the prophetic word uh, of our Lord uh, manifesting right now in Israel. And there's an open door, as Melody had said, that um, the Christians are, are, are coming and they're staying. And there's a big warfare. I don't want to paint it like we're all just sashaying in and, and get to do what we want. No, it's done with tact and it's done with... Uh, um, discernment and wisdom uh, for sure. And, and, and basically, the, the heart of the matter was continually, now the Melody's talking about the, like the individuals now, brokenhearted. They were, they're brokenhearted because, and grieving. And, and honestly, a PTSD is really what was in place because a shock comes upon you and trauma and that happened October 7th, and the world was sympathizing for a second, honestly, for about 48 hours, sympathized with Israel, and then it went, Ugh! as soon as they declared war against uh, Gaza, then, it, then the whole nation actually, all the nations showed their colors and, and went pro-Palestinian, and absolutely, it blew up in all the nations, right? And so, 
Israel did not have a chance to grieve because guess what? They had to send their sons and daughters to war. Like right now, their fathers and their mothers and their sons and daughters had to go to war. And so you, you can feel this spirit of delayed grief within the nation. And, and Israel constantly, we, you know, as we, as we sat with people, we didn't want this war. We don't, we don't want this war, but we have to fight it. And, and, I, and I alluded somewhat to the Second World War. It, the Allies in the Second World War finally realized if we don't take the Third Reich down, it wasn't about Germany, it was about Hitler and the Third Reich. If we don't take them down, we will not win this war. And so there were casualties that happened in Germany for the sake of taking a, a, a regime down. Well, that's a bit like what's going on right now. They have to, they, they cannot live with a neighbor that wants to kill them. When, when you cannot negotiate with death. That, that's the plain and simple fact. You cannot, if you can, you can mow your neighbor's lawn for 10 years and, and plow his driveway, but if he wants to kill you, that's just the, the, that's just the, the spirit that's in place. You know, they want to kill my family. Uh, no, I'll just keep mowing their lawn. And finally, I think October 7th, just, just pushed them right to that spot where we go, okay, we can no longer have this neighbor. And so I, I hope that, that sort of gives a, a place where we pray from and a place where we intercede from is that this, this demonic regime has to, be, has to come down. And so that's, that's truly the heart of the matter, what's happening in Israel. And so within the nation of Israel, it's, it's um, economically, businesses are, are absolutely getting slaughtered because they can't even staff grocery stores. Uh, all their orchards, all their vineyards, all the, all the, all the, uh, 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 the pickers would come from, uh, uh, where did they come from? Thai, Thailand and uh, the Philippines. They left as soon as the war happened. So fruit is just rotting on, on, on like miles and miles of orchards and stuff like that. So those things will have a, uh, an effect in, in the nation of Israel, okay? And so they're, they're truly, they need friends. Out of all that I say, they, 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 they are, there's an open door for us Christians, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and so we just wanna say, like Gavin said, um, this is a time for us as the church to stand in. You know, um, we saw in the past with Israel, for those who don't fully know, when something amazing happened with Israel, something amazing happened with the church. So back even in the 1900s, when the Jewish people started going back to the land in the early 1900s, that's when the Azusa Street broke out, the Welsh Revival broke out, and these were major things happening in the church. And then 1948, that's when Israel became a nation. That's when the Latter Rain Revival happened here in Canada, you know, which is known worldwide. And then 1967, the Six-Day War, when they took back more land and, and got Jerusalem back, that's when the hippie movement happened. And actually, a lot of Jewish people came to know the Lord. We met many of them, actually, in Israel. You know, so what is the opportunity today? You know, with what's going on today and this war, I mean, we know that they are God's chosen people. We know that he is the one fighting for them. We know that he has a plan for them, but he also has a plan for the church. 
You know, so when we keep Israel in our prayers and pray for God's plan for Israel right now for them, we know that's actually also uh, going to benefit the church. There's going to be big revival in the church. So, yeah. So, amen. Hey, Chris, uh, so we, we just say thank you for this body. We've been praying here for eight years. Uh, you're welcome to come and join us in, in praying for Israel and maybe even coming and just understanding uh, more of the scriptures. Uh, you know, in Matthew 23, 39, Jesus wept over Jerusalem and he literally said to the leaders of that day, you won't see me again, Jesus saying this, you won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You won't see me again until you say, welcome, Messiah. And so we stand not only on that scripture, but that's, that's, a, that's one where we are all here. Uh, honestly, we worship, we pray, we, we intercede for the fact that we want Jesus to return. Well, that's, that's one of the conditions, I guess, of like that, that Israel will one day say this. And, and, and a great revival will happen. In, in Romans 11, it says, you know, they, their rejection of Jesus meant salvation for the Gentiles, but what will their acceptance be but from death to life? And so when we pray for revival, that literally is in a scriptural sense saying, don't forget my people. They're mine, they're my treasured possession amongst all the nations. I call them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation set apart. And Isaiah 40 says, comfort, comfort my people, right? And he says, do not be silent. Isaiah 62 says, I've, I'm calling watchmen to not be silent day or night and to give him no rest and take no rest until he establishes Jerusalem as a praise of the earth. And so it's not a salvation issue as much as it's a, a knowledge and a, a piece of the puzzle issue to, towards as we go to these end times. Uh, it will include Israel. And it has to. It's not even an option. It is just collectively, it's going to come. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this body. I thank you for this place. I thank you, Lord, for the intercession within our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we would lift up what you designed, Lord. If we are with you, Lord, we will feel your heart. And your heart says, they're my treasured possession. They're the apple of my eye. I've called them by name. I've summoned them. I have redeemed them. They are mine. And so, Lord, we just say we plumb line with you, we align with you, Lord Jesus, that, that your will be done here on earth, Lord. We are seeing the miracles today, Lord. We open our eyes. We see the signs, Lord. You are calling your Jewish people home, and it says, you know, I will circumcise their hearts. I will call you home. I will circumcise your hearts. I will sprinkle you with clean water, and I will exchange your hearts of stone for hearts of flesh, and I will put my spirit in in you and so literally lord we are watching this and so lord we stand back in awe and say lord do what you have us to do lord vessels that would say what would you have us do now how would you have us pray now in jesus mighty name amen yes and lord i pray that you would move upon our hearts like this is the time where there are jewish people living in our community that we would just step up to them and say you know what I love you, we are standing with you, we are in solidarity with Israel, and Lord, that we would take that step because it means so, so much.
And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you that we could be a part of what you're doing in these days, Lord. You are so amazing. Your plan is so great. It's so mysterious. And you call us in bit by bit to be a part of it, Lord. And so, God, we pray, Lord, for the fulfillment of everything that you want to do in us through CMJ Canada, through Canada, Lord, as a nation that would bless Israel. Father, we pray for the leaders of our nation. God, I pray for Ambassador Ido Moed, Lord, that you would open the doors for him in Canada. We are already hearing about this right now, and God, we say more doors to open. Lord, that he would be able to turn the tide in our nation. Lord, and that leaders would step up, politicians would step up. God, and that we would be, Canada would be a sheep nation and stand with your people Israel and not ignore God what you're doing so we just pray Lord for the fulfillment of all these three levels the governmental level the church level and us as individuals we pray Lord for the church in Canada Lord that they would make a stand that God I pray that you would remove the veil Lord that you would reveal your mysteries God and that we would as a church in Canada stand with your chosen ones in Jesus name Wait here for a minute. So Ben's just going to come up. Can we, we're just going to speak a blessing over this couple. And, uh, you know, it's just so powerful. I mean, if you're sitting in here going, I don't fully understand everything they're talking about. I mean, this couple will go for coffee with you. They would love to chat with you more about it. So please don't just leave here going, I don't get any of that. Seek it out. Begin to understand it, right? Because it's so core to our faith. And so don't leave that question mark there. Get that question mark answered, all right? So as they were speaking, I just felt like, and we've only got 10 minutes, I, I just felt like I wanted to do a family protocol to bless these guys as a body. Is that something that we can do? Um, do you guys mind standing up? So I just, I just feel like, I mean, I've known you guys for years, and I mean, I just feel like I want to acknowledge and honor you guys um, as friends, as family. It feels so big what you're doing and almost feels so big it can get lost. Like, oh yeah, the, the ambassador you know, from Israel. Oh, you were on the parliament grounds. You had to go through security and clearance and, and then you blessed. I just want to, so together as a body, because. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it says, those who bless Israel are blessed. Hey, guys, they're from our house. And they are specifically, tactically, in the kingdom of God being used to bless Israel. They're going to a war-torn place in the Lord and blessing those people. I think we got to bless them. Right? I think we need to honor. And I, and I want to honor not just what you're doing, but who you guys are. Okay, like, and I don't know if you guys know who they are, but I mean, you know, here you have a family where Gavi wasn't even a Christian and 
pulled over on the side of the road and found a Bible and God shifted his life and you took your, do you have four kids? You took your kids across to do some YWAM in a trailer somewhere for like a year and that's insane. And that, how long ago was that? 12, 13 years ago, like I just want to give some context to the miracle that's in front of us here. I want to honor, and here's the thing, guys, if, if we honor them, we're honoring the Lord. And if we honor the Lord, that's what matters, right? And, and I want to honor that you guys were nuts then, <laughs> and you're, you never got less nuts as time went on, but I, I actually want to say that that is a fire, Gavin Mel, that started in you 13 years ago that truly was a fire from the Lord. You are a living flame that is putting your life on the line saying, yes, Lord. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but Gavi is a businessman who has, who has worked every single year self-employed. They pay for all of this. This comes, their life is laid out on the altar and the Lord brings his fire monthly to their life and they say, burn, burn us up, Lord. And I just want to honor that. I want to honor you guys and what you've done. And so, so, and we want to honor that. I can feel you guys with me in that. We want to partake in what the Lord's doing. And I just, I, I felt when I was listening to the Lord as you were talking, I want to acknowledge those moments seven years ago when the Lord put such a real seed inside of you for the nation of Israel that when it felt like it truly made no sense to us, I can say, I'm sorry to say it, but eight years ago when you kept talking about Israel and I'm like, I love Gavin, but man, he's just not stopping. <laughs> I want, yeah, bless you too, Gav. I want to honor and say today, Gavi, that's because he put something eternal in you and inside of you, Mel, that nothing was ever going to change. And it's interesting because the tone in your voice eight years ago has never changed. And it's the same tone today. But such is a time as this that the Lord has made it that your tone is supposed to be heard here in the nation of Canada. And I am just so honored to know you guys. And I want to acknowledge here in this house and here in this province and here in this nation who you guys are and what the Lord's doing. And I honestly, guys, I just want to give a shout like you're praising at a hockey game for what the Lord has done in their life. Can we just cheer for them? We honor you guys. We honor you guys. We honor you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And so I just want to speak a blessing over you and over your family. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so I declare this over you, Gavin Mel, peace in your marriage 
peace in your family, peace over your children, and I declare like a tenfold blessing over everything that you put your hands to, and I declare that as you walk in these places in the next season to come, and I'm just watching you guys going, this is insane and incredible. I'm watching a living, moving miracle that you will be hidden and protected in his light, that you will go into places, and I'm gonna say that no one has ever gone to before from the nation of Canada, and you will come in and go out as if nothing ever happened. And so we bless you as a house in the name of Jesus. Honor's a good thing. Right? It's interesting because during the worship, I felt like the Lord said, today we're going to honor somebody. And I was saying, who do you want to honor today? And then Ben, I, didn't, I can't even find my phone. I don't know where it is. And then Ben's texting Paul, and Paul's trying to get my attention. And then I'm reading Paul's phone. It's like, I want to honor them. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> honor such a powerful thing, folks. We need to learn to honor one another. And so I just, I just bless you guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Let me just say this. Our body, there's so much depth here. You know, Andrea's back home too, and in a few weeks we get to hear from her too. Uh, the Lord's doing so much in so many lives, and I want to encourage you. I, I just feel like we're in a season where we need to hear more from you because you're in these places, and your message, your journey is going to be very important for others in this room to actually get free, to build their faith, to see their workplaces transformed, to see the schools transformed. I believe God wants to do so much and he wants to use you to begin to edify and encourage one another. All right? He's gonna do it. What a beautiful day. Bless you in Jesus' name, amen.